0: You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 239 with Todd Palmer. Today we're talking about getting stuff done in a very extraordinary way. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, where we are proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. So i got a question for you before we get started here today. How are you doing? I really want to know. I want to know how you're doing. Now, you can respond to me by either communicating and leaving a comment on this episode in the new podcast app Himalaya, and Himalaya is spelled H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. Again, H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. Look up Himalaya on your phone, download the app, and subscribe to Men of Abundance, and then you can comment directly on this episode. I really want to know how you're doing. And what I mean by that is I want to know, are you living your best life? Are you living your version of a life of abundance? And I would really like to hear what your greatest wins have been over the last year. And if you're not living your best life, if you feel you're not living your life of abundance, what is your greatest challenge? If you're willing to share that in the public, then share that on Himalaya, or guys, you can join our Facebook group, our Men of Abundance Facebook group, and we can have that conversation there. I always post these episodes there, and you can comment underneath the episode as well. And the best way to get connected on our Facebook group is just go to menofabundance.com forward slash members, or click on the members tab at the top of any one of the pages, and you'll be able to get access there. And that group is for men only. And it is a little bit more private than just putting it out on Himalaya. But for anybody, can comment on Himalaya. And if you want to be a little bit more private and you don't want the whole world to know what's going on in your life, whether it's a win or something that you're struggling with, then connect with me on Facebook. Send me a Facebook message. If you can't, I'm, I'm maxed out. I'm usually maxed out on friends. I go in and delete a few people who are spamming some stuff or something like that. Uh, I'll delete them and once in a while they'll open up. But you'll always be able to follow me on Facebook at Wally Carmichael make sure you have the right one because there are a couple other Wally Carmichael's believe it or not And every once in a while somebody will create a fake page so just make sure you see something mentioned in my profile around men of abundance or abundance and prosperity mastery that way you'll know it's me and then you can follow me and you can send me a message I would really like to know what your wins are and I would also like to know if you have any challenges to living your life of abundance and if you prefer any of the other social media platforms other than Facebook I'm also on Twitter LinkedIn YouTube Instagram and you can just go to menofabundance.com in the upper left hand corner all of the links to all of my social media is right there so you can just click on that and then get connected with me through whatever your favorite platform is and as always guys I want to afford you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today by sharing men of abundance with everybody And it doesn't matter what podcast player you share with them, or even if you just share the website, Men of Abundance, I greatly appreciate it. And those that you share Men of Abundance with will also appreciate it, and they will tell you so. This has been my experience anyway. And quite frankly, there are few greater joys in life than sharing information and experiences with other people. So enjoy. (laughs) All right, so let me introduce you to our featured guest today. Todd Palmer is a collaborative business advisor and CEO of Extraordinary Advisors. Simply put, Extraordinary Advisors helps business leaders get shit done. As the CEO of a six-time Inc. 5000 company, Todd knows that business success begins and ends with people. People make all the business decisions regarding strategy, execution, cash, and staff. Todd isn't happy until his clients trust themselves as leaders and their decisions. He won't rest until teams trust the leaders and each other. He knows they've nailed it when CEOs and their leadership teams take action toward high-level achievement, resulting in clients that trust the company. Todd is also author of the popular book, The Job Search Process, Find and Land a Great Job in Six Weeks or Less. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Todd Palmer. Todd, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Wally. How are you?
0: I'm super excited and uh, just living a wonderful life over here. Excited to be having this conversation with you. Where are you at in the world?
1: You know, I reside in Detroit, Michigan.
0: Detroit, Michigan. I've yeah, I've uh, talked to quite a few folks out there, but I have not had the pleasure of visiting yet.
1: Well, you know, one of the greatest things about about being in Detroit currently is I, I've been here, gosh, for the last twenty gosh, 27, 28 years and, you know, going through the tough times that Detroit went through in a national and global scope. Now to be basically in America's comeback city is hugely rewarding with all the job growth that I'm seeing and and all the opportunities, not only for, for employees, but also for entrepreneurs. So right now it's, it's being in Detroit is a, a definitely a benchmark of pride for me.
0: Yeah. And based on what you do and we're going to get more into what it is that you do specifically, but, um, based on what I know of you thus far, I bet you have uh, at least a little bit of, I don't know about responsibility is the word, but um, uh, participation in some of that.
1: Well, I I think the greatest thing about, again, about being an entrepreneur in Detroit is the the ability you can make not only from from a human capital perspective and creating jobs – but also, you know, watching other successful entrepreneurs. One of the, I think one of the areas, definitely most successful, if not the most successful entrepreneur, is a guy named Dan Gilbert. Dan is, you know, he owns Quicken Loans. He owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. And when Detroit was going through its really tough times, Dan bought over a hundred buildings in downtown Detroit the great that's the great advantage of having cash right being so liquid Mm -hmm. and he's uh, brought in over nearly twenty white collar jobs in less than five years and so detroit is is absolutely making a comeback and this time it's not due to the automotive industry which is again that kind of diversification is awesome and just being a you know a small part of that as a as an entrepreneur here is hugely rewarding
0: yeah you know and i absolutely thrive on those stories right there because you know time and time again you hear in social media and just the average person that's not an entrepreneur and just down on corporate business and all this kind of stuff you never hear about these stories of guys like that who are doing amazing things for communities and i just love that
1: Well, and and Dan was, you know, I was, I'm really fortunate to, to, I got to spend some time watching him being interviewed live. I'm part of the entrepreneurs organization here in Detroit. And we had him as a, as a featured speaker one time. And he really did talk about it, not only from a, from a, an opportunity standpoint, because it certainly is an opportunity, Mm -hmm. but also from, you know, there, there is this certain amount of pride he has in, in being from the Detroit community. He lives here, he grew up here, but there is a reality that not everything entrepreneurs do is all about the almighty dollar. He says, you know, there, there's a certain there was a certain opportunity here. I could go in and buy buildings at, at a discounted rate. But really, the ability to to make an impact and leave a legacy was really what he talked about. What was driving him at the time. And I think if you talk to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, and certainly the the entrepreneurs I work with through my consulting practice, certainly they want to be financially successful. But just as importantly nowadays, they want to leave that legacy, not only with their communities but with their families. And, you know, we're only here for a short time. You want to be able to, to look back and see, wow, I was really able to accomplish some things. And at the end of the day, really, it's not always all about the dollar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And most of the entrepreneurs that I talk to, and I'm talking even the ones that, you know, are earning eighty to, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. I mean, you would never know that these guys make that kind of money. No, because well, they're so down to earth and they're so giving and they still i know one guy for instance that was searching for um a new domain name he wanted a new domain name and he's like hold on hold on i got a coupon for that i'm like you freaking earn like almost hundred eighty thousand dollars a month you know and and you know people are all giving him a bunch of crap about it he goes well yeah i mean i'm frugal with the money i earn i earn a lot of money but that doesn't mean need to spend it on stupid stuff
1: oh no it's you know it's funny i bet if you I know, I know actually – to that point, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of very successful people who still belong to Costco or Sam's mm-hmm. Club, and they'll buy their bulk items, their, their, their essentials in bulk. Why? Just because you have the money doesn't mean you should spend the money uh, on frivolous things. Or if you can get something at, you know, at a discounted rate or in a bulk process, why not sa- save your money? Because at the end of the day, there's going to be tough times. The more you save your cash, you storehouse your cash in a lot of different ways. You know, it, it just To me, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was literally just having this conversation with somebody and they were talking this weekend and they were talking about, well, you know, I would like to have that kind of money, but I don't want to be famous. And I'm like, well, when you think about it, if you really look at the statistics, the folks that are, you know, so, so, so called rich and famous, um, first off, many of them aren't rich, they're leveraged. Uh, Overlevered in many cases, but that's even if they are, that's only like less than one percent of the population in the United States alone who right. are multimillionaires. Most of them are the people right next door that you have no idea they earn that kind of money or have that kind of money. And one of the great books to read on that guys is called "The Millionaire Next Door." Exactly. Uh, yes, I think it's Doctor Stanley, and he's got another book called "The Millionaire Mind." But I mean, the average person, I think it was ninety six when that book came out about something like that, but I think it was something like that, about 96, don't quote me on the date, but the average millionaire at that point in time, the average vehicle was a Ford F-150 and most of them purchased it used.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. They will hold on to cars longer, and a lot. Again, I work with a lot of younger entrepreneurs, meaning not to say age-wise, but you know, the, the the startup phase and the secondary mm-hmm. phase of their business. And I have to often readjust their 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 self-critical thought processes because they feel like they should be further along or they should be more successful. And one one of the things that I learned a long time ago is only four point three percent of all businesses in the United States bill a million dollars more in revenue. It's so a very small percentage. So to cross that million dollar threshold and then go on to those next levels, it's pretty rarefied air. Versus, you know, the guy who's making you know two hundred thousand dollars a year in a corporate job, those seem to be a lot more plentiful. And they're they maybe not as damaged and as have as many skin knees as those of us who take that entrepreneurial journey.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing I want to add to this whole conversation before we get into our attitude of gratitude, which we just jumped right into this conversation. I love it. Is, you know. It, the money isn't as important as the lifestyle i'm not a multimillionaire i'm doing pretty good but i live better i live amazing with You know, there's people that have the same amount of money that I have that are way over leveraged. They're stressed out. They're never home. They're never spending time with their family. They're never going out on vacations. They're never doing. My life is a vacation because of the way that I've built it at this point. And I'll be 50 in May and I'm living pretty damn good, but I'm not a multimillionaire.
1: Well, it's, it's so I, – I, I'm going to be 50 next month, so I think we, you know, we're, we're brothers from another <laughs> awesome, mother, my indeed. friend. And uh, the reality is this. I think especially you – know, I remember my entrepreneurial journey and how I started off and what I thought success was. And success was you know, uh, how big of a car – Can I drive? How big of a house can I live in? Can I have this toy or that toy? And you know, in the last five to six years, it's really been reshaped for me by a lot of different choices I've made in life, but a lot of people I've met in life, and places I've visited. But for me, success is doing what I want when I want with whom I want to do it with as often as I want to do it. And I, I literally steal that from Tony Robbins, who was famous for saying that. But that's really become my reality because, you, like you said, you can have, you know, I know people who have millions of dollars, and they have $10 million. Well, they're try, trying to figure out how do I get to 15 or $20 million. The reality is chasing those zeros after those ones don't fill – the 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 holes that reside within many entrepreneurs and the sadness that many entrepreneurs go through in trying to prove something. Whereas if you shift into more of a successful mindset, mm. you can you can you can be successful wherever you go for very little to no, or in some cases no expenses at all.
0: Absolutely, you hit it right on the head right there, man. That was an awesome all about the mindset. It absolutely one hundred percent starts with mindset. So in that regard, another thing that it starts with is gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today?
1: Well, you know, today's a great day to ask that question because <laughs> before we got on and our, our call today, I was going through a lot of different mental challenges. But the, the reality for me is, going back to, like you said, the mindset, uh, I'm very grateful. I've got a, a wonderful family. My son is uh, out in California. He's 27 years old, and he's redefining himself. And now he's kind of coming more back into the nest. And we're having different high-level conversations to make him feel cherished and valued. He's always been cherished and valued, but now he's at a spot where he can hear that.
0: Yeah,
1: I've got wonderful friends and family in my life who, who make a huge difference, and it goes down to the the ability to again to go do what I want with whom I want to go do it with, and the people I'm able to spend my time with is just, it's just so immense. And I think the the last thing I'm super grateful for are are the clients that I that I work with and how they're all. You know, I have a, a recipe and how I select them and how they, we work together, but they're all lifelong learners, and they're willing to lean forward into the uncomfortable, and they're, they're able to uh, adopt a fail-forward mentality. So, you know, I'm just, I'm a very blessed person. I have a lot of things that, that I can be thankful for, and, you know, I'm just happy to, happy to share it with you today, Wally. It's just awesome to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and the willingness to lean forward into the uncomfortable, as you stated, which is brilliant. Um, It takes a different type of person and it takes a type of person that wants to learn and grow. So that being said, how would you describe yourself?
1: I'm definitely a lifelong learner. Um, I recognize that I I have a long list of things I don't do well and a short list of things that I do well. So I want to stay more in my unique ability of doing what I do well and avoid what I don't do well. Um, I I think that I I have a high level of self-awareness and self-reflection which causes me then to recognize that you know, every failure I experience is just another step in my path to success. And it's it's staying in that uncomfortable of the struggles of, whether it's a professional life or personal life or health issues or whatever people go through, and, and recognizing and realizing that we only learn and we only grow in those tough times. If everything was easy and we had all the money in the world and we had all the abilities and all the talents, we would we may be happy, but that's really just a spike of dopamine. Are we really going to be satisfied and it's that satisfaction that goes into the things we do that creates a legacy not only with, you know, the outside world, but our legacy with our, our, our inner circle, that's really what gets me jazzed.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. I dig that and as far as um, the things that you know that have to be done that you're not really great at, how do you get those done?
1: Well, I certainly, I, typically, I'll try them and realize I'm not good at it and recognize that that's okay. Um, secondarily, you know, I've got a, a, a group of people who work with me who I, you know, I will delegate to them. And, and I think the other thing that, that I'm really, you know, as I'm getting older in life, is, is recognizing and re-, re Learning how to reach out to younger people, to millennials, to freelancers, to the gig nation folks, and how they do work. And you know, I just engaged a consultant to to assist and help me in in outsourcing, optimizing, and to become the the replaceable CEO, which is ultimately my goal. And and this person, you know, he's significantly younger than me, and he just sees the world so differently that I'd be foolish not to engage with him and um, you know he, he, he works differently, he communicates differently, but it's those differences and staying in touch with those folks, I think that gives me kind of that, that competitive advantage uh, of how I approach each of my days, but also how, I, how I'm able to help others.
0: Yeah, and that's amazing that you're able to make that distinction and that you know you're willing to go out and hire or consult with people that are younger than you um, because that was a hangup that I personally had for a long time. I'm like, how in the heck is this kid going to explain anything to me in my business or in my life or where I'm at right now and the help that I need when I've got this, this, and this experience, you know, traveled the world, blah, blah, blah. And this not knows kid doesn't hardly have anything. But when you sit down and have a conversation and open your mind and get that junk out of your head, you realize, Damn. <laughs> he's got a perspective he or she's got a perspective that i hadn't even considered
1: well it's crazy that you say that because so in our recruiting business you know with diversified industrial we do so much work with skilled labor folks and those people typically men are usually between the ages of 45 and 60 and we're seeing the a real shift in the marketplace that ties to the millennials because the millennials are going to their parents or grandparents and saying hey, I really want to spend more time with you. I'm will, the millennials are basically willing to trade money for freedom and flexibility. That's, just, that's a proven fact. So they're going to their, their parents and grandparents and saying, hey, we want to get together this weekend. We want to go do this with you. They want to, they want to connect with their parents. Parents are saying, hey, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not able to do that. I've got to work. And millennials are just doing a simple challenge back. Well, you choose to work. You don't have to work. Mm. And it, it's just those type of conversations – that the young people are then challenging the, the status quo and, the, and the, the older thought processes that we're seeing a huge shift in, in worker mindsets, a huge shift in overtime variables and other things such as that that are really being started really more from the, the younger, younger generations into the more senior generations.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point, and that's a very good observation. I'm glad you shared that. One of the kids that I talked to, and I say kid, he's a little bit older now, but I've got his book here that he wrote when he was 16 uh, called, his name is Caleb Maddox. Uh, I might put a video in, a couple of videos down in the show notes of this episode, or at least a link, but this kid got up when he was 16 and stood in front of a room full of that, that demographic you just mentioned, you know, 30 to 50-year-olds, and he schooled them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, he really laid it down. Now, this kid has also had personal close conversations with Tony Robbins and many other guys um, in large because, you know, of his connections. But he made those connections. And one video that blew my mind is and this book was recommended to me by um, goodness, Greg Walker. I believe it was because he had, he had connected with this guy. But um, he sat down and he he had a video of him closing a $10,000 speaking gig for himself. And it blew my mind. Now, I said he made $10,000 and I think it was like 18 minutes. But the reality of it was, you know, he had been working on this guy for several months. Oh to, sure, to land this gig, but I'll have that in the show notes, guys. So you can go check it out and see why it's so important to listen to everybody at, at various stages of their life, and depending on where you're at.
1: Well, I think you know it's so valuable to, to get the input from other people. It's funny, I've for the my, so my son's 27. I'm, my my partner, her daughter is nine, and now I'm listening to to a nine year old. And how she sees the world and how she pivots off of things and how she intakes data points and how she's such a visual learner through the YouTube platform and other things like that. And, and and how she does problem solving that is so different than the way you know people of our generation, Wally, did problem solving. Yet she's still solving problems. And sometimes she's solving them with a whole lot less stress. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So – you know, all these amazing things that you have going on, and, you know, being an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've had a few kick in the gut moments, uh, and rather personal or professional. If you would share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you said it because I was, um, you know, people w- would contact us. And they want me to come and speak and talk about being on the Inc. 5000 a record six times at that point. And how, you know, come in and talk to our to high school kids or the college kids or our business people about being successful. And I'd say, you know, the reality is, you know, nobody is an overnight success. And we've typically, we've all suffered through things. You know, we watch a movie like Rocky and you got to watch him struggle and, and get there to, to, to get to the title fight. And I, I my journey was no different. You know, 2006. Um, you know, after being in business for nine years, starting the company on credit cards and friends, family and fool money, you know, I thought I had it figured out, stepped away from the business, lost a ton of money. I was $600,000 in debt by September of that year. I was 60 days away from running out of cash. I had a toxic and dysfunctional culture. Um, and, and I was suffering from massively from imposter syndrome because I thought I had, a, had to have all of the answers and I didn't. So, you know, I made some really tough decisions and i walked in and fired my entire company and i started over um, and that was a real you know you think about those those crossroads moments of life but you know i felt awful my 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 health was poor i was i was mentally beating myself up and thinking this is the worst day of my life and i remember the day perfectly september 9th of 2006 thinking this is the worst day of my life the reality was it was the day i i really took responsibility looked in the mirror and i started to grow up as an entrepreneur Boom, we make the Inc. five thousand six six of the next seven years and, and we're well on our way to being successful. But it's those tough times where I had to really lean into the, those, those uncomfortable moments where the greatest opportunities became available to us, but also the greatest learning opportunities as an entrepreneur became available to me.
0: So what kind of led up to that? Normally I would ask at this point, you know, how you recovered from that and you kind of touched on a little bit about that, but I'm, I'm interested in this point, how what led up to that, that point to where you just had to come in and fire your whole company?
1: Well, you know, we, we were letting the, you know, we were letting our clients dictate payment terms. For example, we were letting our clients dictate margin. Um, I, I had, uh, as a leader, it was more important for me to, to be liked. I would avoid the difficult conversations. Um, we were just on the beginning of what was going to be the recession and we didn't know that yet mm. and so we we didn't rec- we weren't watching the tea leaves we weren't watching the marketplace so it was you know bad decisions by me as the leader the, my unwillingness to have conflict in my life my my inability to lean into uncomfortable conversations and make uncomfortable decisions combined with marketplace conditions changing and really letting the you know the inmates run the asylum so to speak with the employees and letting them You know, conduct themselves any way they chose to see fit, not holding them accountable to KPIs and to metrics and all that kind of that that big swirl of misery became the perfect storm that almost sank the business.
0: Yeah. And man, that's right on point with what the conversations that I have with other business owners that are doing okay, But the funny thing is, is many of them, um, they can't take on any more customers, but they need more revenue and they need more profits. And the fact of the matter is much of what you just said right there is exactly what's going on in many of these companies is one, they're not looking at their numbers and they're not having those hard conversations with their customers, even with their employees. And That's why I asked that question because that just super intrigues me. Being a business strategist, it just really intrigues me all the nuances that go on in a business and how they're so amazing at what they do as, you know, maybe a chiropractor or a dentist or plumber, you name it. But when it comes to business, they just don't understand the strategies and they don't pay attention to the numbers and it gets them in so much trouble and it's just sad to see.
1: Well, one of the biggest pivots I had to make in 2006 was to, to shift my focus and, and focus more on the margins than on the on gro- the gross revenue. And I didn't, like I said, I was suffering from imposter syndrome. I didn't know what the right decisions were. So I, I reached out for help. I, I hired a coach. I hired mm-hmm. a consultant. And I couldn't afford to pay him. So I paid him off on, I paid him on a credit card. So I went further into debt because I recognized I'm, I'm in over my head. I can't solve this problem alone, and I can't solve it with the people who I currently had on my team. And so he really helped me, me pivot that mentality that, you know, don't treat it like a checkbook business. Don't treat it as, you know, I can tell all my friends I, to, I run a multi million dollar company. Well, I'm on a multi million dollar company, but I don't make any money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, then you really don't have much of a business. You're really just doing other things for other people versus doing the right things for the business. And so many people, especially in the, you know, in the st- staffing and temporary help space, which is where I was, were, we're so focused on getting to a you know, certain dollar in revenue, and you've got lost leaders in the marketplace who can take on deals to, to basically keep people busy and take on deals to, to appeal to bigger accounts and make razor thin margins I mean if you look at a lot of the publicly held staffing companies they make you know one two three percent to the bottom line there's no way an entrepreneur can compete in that space with those kind of crummy margins we've got to make more and we've got to charge more so that really focused the business then from being you know an all things to all people business kind of a, um, a Walmart, thought process from a retail space to like hey what can we do differently how can we be a niche provider in a very specific area how can we we exploit some of those needs in the marketplace and that's really where we pivoted to
0: yeah absolutely so you know basically what you have now is you have extraordinary advisors and i love the basically the line that i have here in your bio it talks about ea uh, extraordinary advisors helps business leaders get shit done i love it and so how how do you do that who is your market who are you specifically talking to and how do you do that
1: well you know it really comes down to the 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 market that i want to i want to work with is that entrepreneur who realizes that they don't have all the answers and they could use help they have to have some level of self-awareness they have to be very focused on you know, being a lifelong learner, which means they, they do read outside sources like an Inc. magazine or, or some of the books that maybe you've even talked about today or, you know, go back and look at the archives of like a Jim Collins or a Vern Harnish or someone like that. So that that's important. And they also have to be from from the perspective of willing to to have the difficult conversations. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, when I sit with my leaders and their leadership teams, I always tell my CEOs that part of our, our agreement is you always speak last and most entrepreneurs, is, is you, you, you probably know better than most, You know, like to be the smartest kid in the room. They like to have all the answers and they like to be able to make a lot of the decisions. But the reality is the best decisions are made by teams and the best decisions are ferreted out through a level of trust with your teammates. So they have to speak last in that environment and we just go around the room and, and that helps quite a bit. And I tell their leadership teams, you know, the guy, these, you know, your, your CEO, your boss is going to speak last because we've got to get the, to the best answer, not to the best answer for his or her ego, but by the best answer for the company. And I also tell the CEO, you know, that my job is, you know, I want to coach and help you, but I work for the entity not for you as the individual. So we're gonna make the best decisions for the entity because a lot of times the best decisions for the entity impact the ego and the pride of the, uh, the entrepreneur. And so I've gotta work with people who understand that we're here fighting the greater fight for the greater good of an organization, not just the greater good of the entrepreneur. So i put them through a lot of tests. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of colorcode.com. It's a great resource to figure out who you are and how you know, who you are as a leader who you are as an employee, who, are, who you are as a, a person in your household even, and how do you play your strengths, how do you work and focus and communicate with your teammates in ways that they can best hear you, things like that. So it's a lot of different small pieces moving simultaneously.
0: Yeah, that's pretty dynamic, man. You, I mean, you brought up so many different things there that I personally have either been involved in or practicing myself. When I remember going to meeting, I forget where I heard that from too. You might remember because uh, you brought it up so much. as you know speaking last when I personally go to a meeting. I always try to do what I can to make it a point to be one of the last speakers unless I'm called on. And even if I'm called on, I'll ask clarification questions so that I can get other people talking, so that I can gather more information. And it's just paramount. That's what a a leader should do because you can't make a decision if you're in your own head.
1: Absolutely. So so one of the reasons people will often – you know, the screening questions the clients ask me is, why should we why should I work with you? And I'll tell them the ink story, and I'll tell them the failure story. But I also tell them the story about how I drink the Kool-Aid that I, I prescribe. So I use a coach still in my personal life and in my business life because I don't have all the answers still. And, and one of the things that he taught me, and his name is Danny Friedland. And Danny has a real interesting quote when it comes to 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 speaking and being part of leadership teams, he's like, approach everything with a massive sense of curiosity and ask why and ask how and get to the granular roots of things versus assuming you know the answer. Because the reality is we don't know the answer until we we reach a, 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 a bit of a consensus. And the best way to reach a consensus is when all ideas are heard and when the leader approaches things with a massive sense of curiosity. People will, will, will embrace that and the leader will be seen as approachable. The leader will be seen as, as part of a team but also seen as somebody who, who doesn't walk around with their chest puffed out all the time versus a lot of leaders that you know, I'm sure you run into where it's all about them all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I like the whole, then what, <laughs> then what? Yeah. Just keep drilling it down. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff, man. And so what are some good news stories coming out of what you've
1: been doing? You know, one of the best stories that, that I can share is, you know, I'm working with a a, a, a very unique internet based company and they um, have a very unique model. They have one employee, the founder, and he's outsourced every single op- opportunity and um Working part of the organization to someone to other people, all these freelancers. And you know, when it, we sat down, and I started working with him. He was he had some frustrations because he wasn't scaling and growing like he wanted to. And we really moved him to focus on the margin, not on the revenue. And he has increased his margin by almost 15 points in less than 60 days. And what he's been able to do with that that, that extra cash flow and that extra profitability and reinvested in the company in technologies and technologies and, and different programs. It's just been phenomenal. That's a great success story for that. But also it is the story his wife tells about how by him engaging with me, he now has someone to go talk to. And she, she doesn't just have to be the, the, the business partner at home, but she can return to being the wife at home. And she's like – he sleeps so much better. He operates so much better with my, his, his kids and his grandkids that he, he's basically become a changed man, and their marriage has been increased uh, the satisfaction of their marriages has been increased by a factor of ten. She's thrilled. He's thrilled. And when I hear those stories, God, it, it really just warms my heart because at the end of the day, it really is about the people you work with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's about the people you work with. but And then it's also about having a cohesive family life because so many business owners are so damn stressed out. And then their first inclination, their first thought process is, well, i got to put more time into the business to mm-hmm. make this work, to make more revenue, make more profits. And that's the last thing you want to do, man, because then you're taken away from your health, your your. Your spiritual well-being, your family, your relationships, and everything else is just going to fall apart. It's a whole domino effect. And in contrast to that, when you are are, have a well-oiled machine and outsourcing the right things and got the right people in place, don't necessarily these days you don't even have to have employees. You can just outsource to various you know um, different services uh, that are out there. They don't even have to be on your payroll. You just pay them.
1: Right. Well, you know, I think it goes to Several points. One, I think the the entrepreneur needs to understand what their unique ability is. I just consulted with a, a young guy the other day, and he really identified that he's a really strong operator, but he's not a really strong visionary. And he has an idea of what he wants, but he really needs that that, that front person, that, that person you can, you know bring in the clients and do the sales. Great. Play to your strengths. secondly like you said, you can you can get a lot of work done without having a full-time staff member and a full-time cost associated to your business. So I think, like you said, I think there's a lot of different ways that people can approach entrepreneurship so differently than they did 25 years ago when I got started. And and they're able to to really enjoy the work they do. They're able to work the schedule they want to work, which goes back to your point, then allowing them some freedom and flexibility for family time or, or health time or just taking care of the entrepreneur because 70 hours a week isn't always the way to go
0: yeah agreed not for everybody not everybody's Gary Vaynerchuk
1: (laughs) no no well there's only Gary's a unique guy and Gary's got a unique style that seems to work really well for him but I think anybody who wants to to emulate that model is gonna Mm. it's gonna have a tough go of it yeah
0: and 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 uh make no mistake about it guys Gary's got it figured out and he's got a balance in his life that that works very well for him so uh, it just breaks my heart when people try to go emulate him, where he's at today, not paying attention to where he used to be, where he came from. So that's a big mistake there.
1: Exactly. Well, and, you know, I think people, too, they they, they look at the, the Garys of the world. They go, especially a lot of young kids uh, I, I seem to spend a lot of time with college students and they'll watch a Shark Tank episode. And they'll say, well, you know, the, the, you know, they want a Shark Tank and then they made it. Well, mm. once, they get the, once you get someone else's money, then the work really begins. And, and once you take on advisors whether it's a Mark Cuban or a Kevin O'Leary or just, you know, a local person, you you now have essentially you have a boss. If people are putting money into your business, they're going to hold your feet to the fire because they want to get a return on their investment. And while, you know, again, VC people will constantly say, "Well, I'm going to invest in 10 to get, you know, to get one home run." Those other 9 they're still pressing. They want those businesses to be successful. And so, you know, the the young the young entrepreneurs who have these great ideas or or think that you know I'll, I'll take someone else's you know someone just said to me the other day how do I go out and get my money for my startup? And the first question I asked them is how much money are you willing to put in, and how hungry are you willing to go? Because at the end of the day, if if you no one's going to invest in you until you first invest in yourself. Secondarily, you've got to understand that. You may, you may have a million dollars in revenue, but you might have a million, too, in costs. So you've got to figure those things out. And it's just still amazing to me how many people think if I just if I get the money in, it, it, the money fixes all problems. There's a lot of companies that bring in the money, and they grow out of business because they haven't figured out the mechanisms to make the business profitable.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing is I see a lot on Shark Tank, for instance, is a lot of them won't invest in you unless you're all in. And not just all in in your money, but all in in your time. Because one of the questions they ask is, well, do you have a job? And if right. you have a job and you're trying to build a business, they're out.
1: Yeah, well, you're not, you're not committed. And mm-hmm. especially successful people like the people you see on Shark Tank or other people you're going to run into in life, they, they're going to, I mean, people think, oh, wow, they are going to invest in my idea. The reality, at least it has been my experiences. Sure, they like your idea, but they really like you. Mm-hmm. They, they want to invest in you, and that's what you – know, when I started nearly 25 years ago, people invested in me, not in my ideas. They saw how hard I was going to work. They saw what I was going to do versus how, and how I saw solutions to problems versus how others saw them, and they want to invest in that. Sure, you may have a great app or a great widget or whatever, but the reality is they're going to invest in the entrepreneur first and the, and the idea second.
0: Yeah, and that all goes back to branding you. Uh, Who you are. So, you know, you talked quite a bit about the various audiences that you speak to, and on a personal curiosity, what is your favorite audience to speak to? Because you talked about everybody from high school, college, and professionals.
1: You know, I, it's a, that's a really interesting question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Like, I'm going to be speaking next month. I'm going to be in Monterey, Mexico, speaking to people who their, their native language is not English. So that's going to be a challenge. Mm. You know, the, the, the reality for me and what I love most about speaking is the, is the human connection opportunity I get. And I love it when I get, can get an audience, whether, again, it's high school kids or it's CEOs, I can get them engaged early. So, my, my objective is I, I always start my, my speeches with a lot of questions, and I try to get people engaged in, in the audience because I really see that as an opportunity for us to spend time together where I may share some ideas, but you may share some ideas. And I find that when I, I just gave a speech last week, for example, and I got, you know, thankfully they, they really appreciated what the conversation was. But I told them, you know, it was about manufacturing hiring, and I told them a lot of the problems that they're experiencing are self created. And they were blown away. And like, what do you mean? I went down, I had two slides where I took them down the the rabbit hole of the problems that manufacturers are doing to get young people not engaged. The problems that manufacturers are doing to to turn off viable candidates. The audience was just, holy cow. I said, well, there's no reason to come in and lie to you and tell you what I think you want to hear. Let's have an honest conversation. So it's those getting them engaged. And I got the whole room going. I got the people engaged, talking to each other, talking to me. I mean, my job as a speaker is, you know, I should know my material inside and out. You should be able to ask me anything at any time and not take me off out of rhythm and not take me out of sequence. That's what I love about it. It's that, it's that walking the tightrope, knowing where I want the audience to go, but getting them participating. So again, it can be high school kids. It can be CEOs and everything in between, it's that energy in that energy exchange between me and the audience that I absolutely just love the most.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks for sh- sharing that. That was just on a curi- my own personal curiosity because um, you know talking to many different types of people is just everybody has their own preference, so that's pretty cool. And I like how you engage the audience. It's Paramount to me as well. I like to have a conversation and um, you know get. Otherwise, they're just I'm just kind of lecturing to people, and I'm not that type of person.
1: Well, it, it's so crazy because people certainly. I want people to remember what I say, but the reality is, if I'm up there for an hour and they have three takeaways, that's a really big win for me. Mm-hmm. But I want them to also remember how they felt in the moment and how that they, they felt that, that it was their time and, and it was a collective experience versus a, a lecture. You know, I'm not going to be able to to. to to go up there and talk nonstop for an hour and keep anyone engaged. Uh, you know, If you want to be entertained for an hour, then you should go to a concert or a play or a movie. That's what an entertainer will do. If you're going to be getting an info exchange, no different than what I tell my CEOs. It's like the best ideas and the best experiences come from the, from the group experience, not just top down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that right there is why I like doing group coaching instead of one-on-one coaching it okay. just seems so dry I, pr- I really love the group dynamics because after <laughs> before too long everybody's kind of coaching each other and i can almost just kind of sit back and watch the whole thing and then intervene once in a while it's just funner that way for me
1: that's fascinating you know i've, I've never tried that approach i've i've never Thought of, I've never thought of the concept, but I, from what you're saying and how my personality runs and the value I get, I can so I can so see the 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 value of, of creating that dynamic, creating that energy in the room, and creating that safe space for those in the room to share both the good, the challenging, and, and the limiting. Uh, yeah,
0: absolutely, it's a lot of fun, and it, it rather it's in and that's rather it's in a. A physical setting, or if it's done on Zoom, or in some cases, because of the dynamics of it, I haven't done this yet, but I've, I've talked to other coaches who have, they do it on something like maybe Slack, or mm-hmm. Voxer, where people yep. can chime in when they have time, they don't all have to get on the, you know, on the computer at the same time, or go drive to a location. And I'll be there at the same time, everybody can post their questions or their comments, and then chime in whenever they feel whenever they have the, a minute to do so.
1: Well, I, you know I just started using Voxer about three weeks ago, and, and it works exactly like you're describing it. And so many people, you know, I mean, the human beings learn, learn only in three or four different ways. We learn you know, auditorily, like a Voxer. We we learn visually. Uh, we learn kinesthetically. Um, and, and there are people, you know, especially the, that are you know entrepreneurs. A lot of them have an ADD element to them, and they <laughs> want to be able to, to to rapidly fire and share stuff, and. That The inflection of the vocal, the enunciation, the energy behind it. No different than doing this podcast today. I could write an article about everything we're talking about. People are going to read it a certain way. People are going to put their own voice to my voice or to your voice. But the ability to have an audio exchange with someone adds a whole separate layer to it. And then you, you know that now I know Voxer has this – another one of the tools has this ability to transcribe the, the Voxer stuff. So if someone's more of a, a visual learner, they want to archive it they can take and transcribe it right off of that for free.
0: Oh, wow, yeah, I didn't even know that. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, and man, there's so many things you could do with that.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's
0: amazing. Well, awesome, man. So we're at the point where we're gonna pay it forward to our burned leaders, you ready to do that, Todd?
1: Absolutely. Sweet
0: hey business owners check this out if you've been in business for about three to five years somewhere in that range give or take a few and you're currently doing some sort of advertising whether it's on facebook in the newspaper cable tv radio billboards or even in the yellow pages yes i have a yellow pages right here people still do advertising yellow pages and i'm here to tell you i see these advertisements all the time and they're throwing money away you may be throwing money away in those ads Guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but on top of me being the most awesome podcast host of this amazing Men of Abundance podcast, I'm also a very skilled and brilliant business and life strategist. I have an e-learning system with literally millions of dollars of marketing and strategies already done for you. You just have to model those. I am partnered with over 100 business coaches that are experts in many different industries. That makes me very confident that I can help you in your business, regardless of what industry you're in. I can help you not only generate more leads, but actually convert those leads into paying customers and repeat customers. I can show you business strategies that will increase your revenue and your profits in a matter of months. But all that aside, I need your help. I'm in the process of writing another edition of my current book. My current book is No BS Business Breakthrough, How to Double Your Lead Conversions and Triple Your Revenue in Less Than 45 Minutes. And in that book, I have the top eight strategies of over 100 strategies that I use throughout the course of the year. But those top eight strategies are the ones that I find I use with most business models right up front. And what I need is a couple more case studies from industries that I have not currently worked with in various areas of the United States. So here's what I want to do. I would like to do a 45 minute business breakthrough session with you going over my process, using some of your input from your industry, from your business, so that I can measure that up and see how my strategies would impact businesses in your industry. And instead of charging you my normal fee for doing this business audit and this business breakthrough session, What I would like to do is use your data with your permission in my next book, and any articles that I may write leading up to the book, I can add your feedback with your name, your business name, or anonymously. It's totally up to you. But the mention in the book or the article would certainly give you some free publicity. And in return for your time and professional feedback, you will certainly walk away from this business breakthrough session with strategies that you can implement that day. And on top of that, I will give you 30 days access to my e-learning platform, where you will have access to the first four videos of the two week series complete with workbooks, as well as the first four weeks of the e-class done for you, marketing, email campaigns. I'm telling you guys, the first 30 days in the e-learning system will definitely increase your revenue and profits within your business. As long as you implement just one of the strategies that I'm going to share with you within the 45 minute business breakthrough session, or even just one of the strategies that's inside the e-learning platform. So if you're willing to help me out with your professional feedback on how my systems will impact businesses in your industry, then go to menofabundance.com forward slash help Wally, W-A-L-L-Y. menofabundance.com forward slash help Wally is where you can schedule your 45-minute business breakthrough session with me. And as soon as that session is done, you'll be able to implement the strategies we talk about. And I'll give you instant access, 30-day access, no credit card needed, nothing like that, to the e-learning platform. I look forward to talking with you, and I look forward to impacting your business somehow. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today.
1: Well, I, I think when it comes to, to actionable steps they can take today is first and foremost reframe or identify and if you're not happy with what you identify reframe what success means to you Like we talked about success for me at one point meant dollars meant big house big car all that kind of stuff now for me it's those quality experiences of life so that's i think the great thing about you know for both of us being closer to 50 than being closer to 20 we can say hey listen let's let's define what success means to us for the rest of the time we have And, and one of the phrases i use a lot is i want the rest of my life to be the best of my life secondarily for for entrepreneurs I challenge you to to focus on the margin and not on the revenue. It's, whatever you do, make sure you're getting compensated accordingly for it. So many people will work will work almost for free or even work at a loss. And, and I think lastly for for anybody whether they're an entrepreneur or not, think about you know where where your legacy is going to be And and if you you weren't here tomorrow, how did you treat people? Did you treat people in a way that they're going to remember you? Are they not not going to just remember who you were, but how you made them feel? Those would be my three.
0: Beautiful. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life?
1: Wow. You know, um, I saw Sean Aker speak about five or six years ago, and he talked about a daily expression of gratitude. And that's first and foremost been the number one thing for me. I think for anybody who might be listening today who is even suffering from either mild or severe depression, one of the first things you're going you're gonna to be told, and I can t- attest to it, is a, a daily expression of gratitude, and I pick three people and I try to express that gratitude to them either in a telephone call, in, in a text message or a comment on, on social media, but I want people to know, especially those that are closest to me, how valuable and appreciated they are. I, th- I think um, any kind of daily exercise is valuable. The, the way the brain fires and how that you get that extra chemical boost from the exercise is huge. Um, and I, I think lastly, a great daily thing for me to do is just to take some time to sit quietly, meditate and reflect on the life that I have, maybe the life that I want, and even reflect back on the life that I used to have and how, you know, how have I evolved as a man on this planet? How have I evolved as a leader in my business? How have I evolved in a, as a leader in my relationships? And just to, to, to sit with those things, just kind of listen to see what ideas, you know, percolate.
0: Wonderful. Absolutely beautiful, man. And I love how you started that out about – I start every single morning with the daily gratitude and obviously every one of the shows. But paying it forward and lifting others up is so inspiring to it just lifts me up just doing that and especially when it's done with purpose and uh, sincerely
1: well i think for me one of the things that i always think about is all the people who have lifted me up and all the people who have supported my dreams and, and challenged back on some of my crazy ideas and, and everything in between and so you know this 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 conversation has been so, so energizing for me, Wally. Um, I'm hoping your, your audience is getting value out of it. And one of the things that I'd like to, to offer to anybody who is interested, and all they have to do is mention that they heard me on your podcast, is it, I'm happy to give an hour of my, my coaching time for free to pay it forward into the universe because so many people have paid it forward to me. It's my way uh, of expressing a, a gratitude to them. So anybody who goes to my website, ExtraordinaryAdvisors.com, types in the the connect page hey they want to have an hour of my time i'll get you booked on my calendar we'll make that time and we can talk about whether you want to talk about entrepreneurship or where you know some of the struggles you're experiencing in life or mindset or abundance and scarcity whatever you want to talk about i'm happy to make myself available uh, for that hour to anyone in your audience who's listening today wally
0: man i greatly appreciate that that is beautiful i love that you did that and guys make sure you take advantage of that um for whatever reason whatever's going on in your life take advantage of that what are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our abundant leaders, and why?
1: You know, I, I I've just completed a book that um, just blew me away. It's by Mark Manson. It's called "The Subtle Idea" or "The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Mm. Uh, don't, don't don't want to swear on your program, but <laughs> people can I think can figure out what that means. And he has got such a unique style of, of explaining things, but and he re, he talks about it from you know. What should we really care about the most? And I, I was introduced to Mark Manson a couple of years ago through an article he wrote about. You, you know, I was single at the time, and it talked about are you are you really settling in your relationships, versus are you do I, or can you identify if, uh, if the person you're seeing is a an F yes or an F no person? And I shared it with you know a couple of people, and I happened to share it with the person I just started just had met like three days prior and, and i shared it with her and now we've been together you know celebrating uh, almost a year and a half now and she is definitely an f yeah person and we reference that a lot because it shifts your mindset as compared to so many people will settle and i think there's so much lost when we settle in any part of our personal life or our professional life so again i, I can't recommend mark manson's work highly enough
0: yeah, I've heard that book a couple times in my circles, and I have not picked that one up yet. So I've had it on my list for a little while. I'll definitely get to that one. I got too many books on my list.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I listened to it on audio because it, it literally cracked me yeah. up. So I, I found it a real good way on the drive into work just to kind of you know have a kind of a half hour. Of, it's a quick read, but boy, I, you know. I, and I, the great thing about it is, I sh- we shared it with a group of eight other CEOs. We did a retreat recently, and, and we really talked about. How it challenges that mindset again to focus on what's going to be most important to us as we go through the rest of our lives.
0: Very cool. I'll check that out. I love audiobooks. Problem is, I don't commute anymore, so I, I don't have the time to sit ah. and listen to podcasts and books as much as I used to. But uh, so I got to you know sit in my office or whatever when I'm working around the house and listen to those. But um, I'll definitely get to that one. What do you feel holds most people back of all the people that you've had conversations with and all the groups you've worked with? What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance?
1: I think they look at the world as having a, t- a sense of scarcity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, the, if people look at, well, if, 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 if ah, that person gets something, that means there's nothing left for me. Whether it's money, whether it's love, whether it's relationships or connections. And the, and so I think and that all comes down to, the, to their mindset, not looking at the world as having abundance versus scarcity. And, and I think the other thing is a lot of people get so wrapped up in just being happy. And, and, and I tell a story on stage about that. For me, it's like my mom would often say to me, honey, I just want you to grow up, go to college, m- marry a pretty girl, start a family, and just be happy. Well, scientifically, the the goal of just being happy is completely impossible. Because happiness is just a spike of dopamine. So you know, if if I want to be happy, I should just eat lots of chocolate and get, get that that huge rush. So for me, it's shift it was shifting that thought process of focusing on happiness to focus on being satisfied. And if you take a look at the journey of satisfaction, there's a lot of bumps in the road. There's a lot of failures along the journey of satisfaction. But to come out of an experience or come out of a project feeling satisfied. thinking about people who build homes for a living. One of the things I love about contractors is they start with a blank slate and they build something and they feel satisfied at the end of the day that that wall wasn't there before they came in here or that home wasn't there before they they started that project. Satisfaction over happiness I think is a huge thing we can all learn.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, man. I like that you brought that up because – I've read so many um, books on, on, you know, I've talked to many coaches or I call them happiness coaches, not being derogatory about it. It's just what they do. That's kind of what their what their market is. And I'm like, well, how do you how do you gauge that exactly? I mean, how how can you get a return on investment? How do, how does the client know they get a return on investment? Um, and there's just, you know, it's an interesting conversation. So but that that could go on for days. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think. The the ROI on happiness is, it's kind of like eating cotton candy. It tastes good in the moment, but it doesn't last. There's nothing sustainable about it. Um, It's, you know, I've known people who've gone through some 12-step programs, and they're always chasing that next high. And that's what happiness is. Happiness is that next high. It's that next spike. It's that next, you know, increase of dopamine. The reality is life's satisfaction, at least for me, life satisfaction is leaning into those uncomfortable moments, having those those soul-filling conversations with people you love and care about, even if they're difficult, even if it's pointing out a blind spot, you know, using the Jahari window mentality of you know, there's a part of me that I know, the part of me that you see. There's a part of me that I see that you don't see. There's a part of me that you see that I don't see. And getting access to your input on who I am as a man is hugely critical, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a happy conversation, but it can certainly be satisfying because it's going to cause me potentially to make different choices and those different choices can have different results that can lead to a satisfying life.
0: Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So you talked a little, little bit about it and living your life on your terms and do what you want to do when you want to do it with who you want to do it with. But expand a little bit more on what does living a life of abundance mean to
1: you? You know, for, for me, there, there's just certain things I love to do. You know, I, I love to eat out. I love to get good food. Um, I, I love to sit at home and watch movies. I, I love to I still play competitive baseball at my age. You know, I love to do those things. Um, I love, you know, to read. You know, the, the book, the five love languages. I know my one of my love languages is, is, is you know, soul connecting conversations and quality time. Uh, I love those conversations with people. When I'm on stage, I love the, the 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 light bulb moments that people have in the audience. It's all these little things. Most of the things that I love to do that make me feel satisfied don't cost a lot of money. Most of the things, to, it's really that if someone chooses to invest their time. Anybody who's listening to this podcast today, I mean, we've been going for almost an hour now. Anybody who chooses to invest their time in this song and getting value out of this conversation, that's hugely rewarding to me. That feels satisfying to me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, man, we're definitely going to have your website, extraordinaryadvisors.com, right?
1: Absolutely. And like I said, anybody who goes there, they mentions this podcast today, I'm happy to, to pay it forward to them and, and give them an hour of my time.
0: Absolutely. Excellent. And what else would you like to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today before we close it up?
1: Well, I, I think what, what, what I'd like people to, to pick up on is certainly the, the dialogue that we've had, but also to hear that you know Wally's a guy who's living life on his terms and Wally's living a, a life that he's created for himself, and it's not about the almighty dollar. Certainly there is a value in having financial flexibility. But for the entrepreneurs thinking that the only way to measure a successful existence is through how many dollars you have in your bank account, I think we, we've challenged back on that today. And I'd like people to leave thinking, hey, how do, I, how do I create a life that's successful for me? How do I reframe that so I can include others so that you know, I'm you know, built, having that legacy with, with my fellow human beings?
0: Man absolutely very well said i appreciate that and i just want you to go out live your life of abundance todd and keep paying it for it brother because you are in fact making a huge difference and i appreciate it
1: thank you so much for the opportunity today and i really i thank you for the kind-spirited conversation you've had but just your your presence in, in making yourself available thank you so much
0: my pleasure man as far as I'm concerned that was a great conversation and I know we focused a lot on entrepreneurship but also notice that Todd does have a book based on landing a great job in six weeks or less so go pick up his book the job search process find and land a great job in six weeks or less so your action steps today are one go get a hold of this book Two, if you want to set up a meeting with Todd, then do as he mentioned in our conversation and go to extraordinaryadvisors.com or just go to menofabundance.com forward slash 239 and the link is right there in the show notes. So you can go there and click on that rather than try to write it down right now. And one other action step that's always available to those of you who are business owners, if you would like to have a business audit done by myself, you and I can get together for about 45 minutes. And we can do a business breakthrough and a business audit on your business and see where you can plug in just a couple of my top strategies into your business so that you can greatly improve your revenue and profits. Not just get more leads because a lot of guys out there trying to help you get more leads. But what I do is I hope you convert those leads, not just get more leads, but also convert more leads and basically turn it into a faucet that you have to turn on and off. You'll have more business than you can handle, which is cool because the other business strategies help generate more revenue and profits in your business without you putting more time in the business. That way you can spend more time with family and leisure time. That's what I'm all about. If you would like to set up a business breakthrough meeting with me, then just go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. That is Abundance and Prosperity abbreviated. And on that page, you'll be able to book your 45-minute business breakthrough with me. Now, go out and live your life of abundance. And guys, make sure to pay for it.